Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Dogcast Radio. In this episode, we have TV vet Joe Ingalls with information on how to run your own fun dog show. Well, a fun dog show, I think, is probably quite a British institution. And it's just a really good fun day out for people with their dogs. Um, nothing too serious and just, um, you know, it's a celebration of, of all that's good about dogs, really. Plus, we have a review of Mad About the Dog by Belinda Harley. And I'll be reflecting on why we added Border Collie Rusty to our doggy family. But before all that, we have an interview with Judy Rentrop. Judy has a remarkable story about a Labrador who recovered from his bad start in life to end up with a life-saving role. But let's start at the beginning. Judy is a very busy lady who is a dog trainer, dog walker, pet sitter and dog rescuer. I rescue when I can, and I do, I do pet sitting in people's homes. I feel like uh, the boarding industry is a wonderful industry, and they do a, a wonderful service. But some dogs just aren't, aren't boarding um, you know, material. They just are better off in their own home. And so I also do pet sitting and um, uh, dog walking, and I rescue when I can. I, I mean, rescue started as a... As a a necessity. My home is out of the city. Uh, it was a bit rural, and people would dump their problem dogs off in the middle of nowhere, I guess, assuming they could fend for themselves. And uh, they, I would just uh, take them into my home and, and uh, let them uh, live out their life here. I've managed to get several Oh gosh, I couldn't even tell you how many adopted out into better, and I don't mean better homes. I just mean a home where yeah. they can have their own person. Here, here, all these dogs have to share uh, the people in the home, which is is mainly my husband and I. And 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 most people say, well, your husband Mark must be a saint, and he really is. <laughs> but you know, he's he's got a bigger heart than I do, mm. and mm. he's more apt to bring one in than I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. Um... Mark was very involved with Chance, wasn't he? So can, He very I mean, much is. Yeah. Well, you know, he loves, uh, he's always loved a good hunting dog. And when Chance, with, with Chance, Chance's story is, um, you know, I get goosebumps when I even think about it, Julie, because it's everything worked in his favor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was in a, an abusive type situation, more neglect. I don't think he was physically abused other than he was tied to a fence and, and just left there. Mm-hmm. I think he may have had like a five-foot chain, and he lived in his own um, excrement and uh, never had water. He was uh, confiscated by animal control. Mm-hmm. And... A very dear friend of mine who does, oh gosh, she does so much with animal rescue. She got him out of the animal shelter. He was um, heartworm positive. And I don't know if you um, have to deal with heartworms in, in, in the UK. But it's, um, there, it, it, it comes from mosquitoes. And when a mosquito bites the dog, they uh, in, um, inject, I guess you would say, or transfer the larvae of the heartworms. And then the heartworms will set up um, housekeeping in the dog's heart. And they will, they just grow and they grow and they grow, and then they'll eventually, they will kill the dog. Um, it's, uh, it, it's just pitiful here. And, and it's pretty much all over the United States, uh, but mostly here in the southern states. 
And so to to treat a dog for heartworms, if the heartworm infestation is severe, they treat them with arsenic and they treat them three times uh, to get rid of all of them. And it's quite painful for the dog. Yeah. Um, and so he was, his, uh, his story is he was taken in from... Um, from the owner, confiscated, and my friend took him out of the shelter, but she didn't have the facilities to keep him, and so she put him out at a boarding kennel where I was working at the time. Hmm. Um, I, I've just done, I just do anything I can to be with dogs, and I thought that that time, I thought I enjoyed, um, I was kind of between jobs, hmm. and so I was working at this boarding kennel called Smith Ranch Kennels, and they're wonderful people as well. They do a lot to take in homeless dogs and get them rehomed. Um, the owners, Mark and Linda Smith, and Linda just does so much. Mm. Excuse me. Kind of gets me choked up. She does so much yeah. uh, to get these dogs rehomed. And so I had taken chance because I live in Brownsville, and Smith Ranch is probably about 30 miles uh, out um, towards, um, oh, gosh, uh, north of here. Um, it's quite, quite rural. So I brought Chance in so he could be treated by a veterinarian and, and just thinking, well, I'll, I've, I've uh, got a soft spot for, for Labradors. Yeah, um, yeah. We had just had one that we had gotten placed. His name was Bruno, hmm. and he had been placed. And, of course, Mark also was instrumental in getting Bruno placed. But um, when Chance came in, he was just an emotional basket case. And Mark said, you know what, just let him stay here. We'll just keep him here. And it took Chance quite some time to become stable emotionally and, and trust people because he didn't really even have any, know how to have a relationship with a human. He mm-hmm. really did not. Oh. And uh, so he went through his treatments. And uh, my husband plays uh, fetch or ball with, his, with, with the dogs out in the backyard every evening. Mm-hmm. And Chance... Uh, kind of kept to himself, but he'd pick up a squeaky ball, and he'd he'd just run around the yard squeaking this squeaky ball. He just <laughs> loved this ball. And we've got about uh, two acres here at my house, and so we've got quite a bit of room. And Charles just got to the point where he would just do anything for that ball. And um, we even showed him a, at a couple of adoption events, and he was just too much dog for most people. He was kind of out of control. He was... Um, he didn't have any manners whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd lived the first year and a half tied to a fence post, and he mm-hmm. just really had no manners. And um, after, <laughs> and during his treatment, he got a clean bill of health from the veterinarian, and we were still trying to get him adopted. And what's, what I, I, you probably don't know about his story is we had a hurricane about this time last year, and mm-hmm. somehow Chance got out. Oh, um, okay. Mark had left the gate open and didn't realize it and let the dogs out and well, Chance took off and um, we couldn't find him. We couldn't find him and the weather was terrible, rainy, stormy and so I'm out driving around in my car looking everywhere for Chance and just heartbroken because I could not find Chance and Chance was a chocolate lab. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm driving about a half a mile from my house and I, I look and, and I see, well, there's a there's Chance, he's in the ditch. So I jump out of my car, open the door, you know, to the back, and I call Chance, and the dog comes running and jumps in my car. Well, Julie, it wasn't Chance. <laughs> it was another, it was a female chocolate lab with the same little white marking on her chest. Oh. 
And so I, I come home and I say, well, I didn't find Chance, but I found this dog. <laughs> and Marco says, Mark says, only you could find somebody else's chocolate lab in a storm. And oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she turned out to be blind. Really? And Yes, and her name is Beatty because we never could find her owner. But, you know, we went, we looked. I even called Erica, the lady who had, had uh, entrusted me to care, and we, we searched and we searched in, in the midst of a hurricane. Yeah. And the next day the hurricane had cleared, and Mark said, I'm going to go out and buy us some biscuits for breakfast. And he came back in about three minutes, and he said, look who I found sitting in the driveway. Oh. <laughs> and it was Chance, <laughs> perfectly dry. I have no idea where he had had been, because um, we we drove the neighborhood with his squeaky ball, thinking that would bring him. Nothing brought him, but there he was. As soon as the weather cleared, there he was. Good grief! Wow. And um, and I at the time I had a golden retriever here that I was uh, doing a boarding train on. That was a shelter. She had come from a rescue group, and she was having problems. Um, with the other dog in the family, and I was talking to the trainer that that worked with that rescue group, and I happened to mention Chance to her, and she said, well, you know, Judy, I've got a connection with a woman who trains dogs for peanut detection. She also does drug detection and uh, termite detection, hmm. and she likes dogs with a really high toy drive. And I thought, oh, I just kind of blew it off. I thought, no, it'll never happen. Hmm. Um, and Texas is quite large. I don't know if you realize how big Texas is, but it's about 400 miles from where I live. Hmm. And so I just kind of brushed it off. And out of the blue, the woman called me about a month after I had had that conversation. And she said, um, what do you think? And I said, well, he's got a very strong toy drive. <laughs> and um, she had me do a test. Um, the test was quite simple, really. I had to uh, throw a ball. I had him on, a, on the leash, threw a ball into some grassy area, covered his eyes up for 20 seconds, I believe, took him off leash, and he had to go for the ball and not give up the search until he found the ball, which he could do quite easily. <laughs> but he still had no manners. <laughs> And as a trainer, I, I hate to admit it, but I just had not had, I just hadn't been able to train him. Mm. I didn't have the time. Yeah. And um, I was just happy that he was here and he was uh, safe and he had a good home, hoping that he would find just the right home. And uh, Sharon uh, told me, bring him up. And I happened to be on my way the next uh, week or so uh, to Oklahoma. So I said, okay, I'll put him in the car. Mm. And uh, he, he's a, he was a sweetheart in the car. He never gave me a bit of trouble in the car. Mm. And I took him up to uh, her place on the other side of San Antonio to a town called uh, Florence and Southern Star Ranch. Yeah. And uh, she's about my age. I'm 54, so she's somewhere around my age. And she's um very special lady. She walked out there and she said, well, let me have him. And he just took off running, you know, with her <laughs> behind him on the leash. And uh, we go into her office and he's standing on his hind legs, going through everything on the shelves. 
um, absolutely no manners, J- jumped on the sofa, did, you know, and I'm cringing, and I can't stop. And she, I'm just going to send me home with them, you know. And she said, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I want a dog who's not afraid to come into a, uh, an environment and check it out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she kept Chance for eight months, maybe nine months, and she uh, trained him. Uh, she's an excellent trainer. Um, she's got all the credentials to be able to take the dog into every environment that a potential owner with a peanut allergy would go. Um so she takes her dogs into the movies. She takes her dogs into the stores, uh, restaurants, um, even on airplanes, uh, schools, wherever that person with that peanut allergy would likely go. Mm. That's where Chance went, and he was trained, of course, to alert to um, peanuts in the environment to keep um, somebody with a severe peanut allergy safe. Yeah. And uh, when I finally, I did get word from her this past, uh, about a month or so ago, that Chance had been paired with a young man who was preparing to go to his first year at university this fall. Yeah. And it just makes me so happy to know that Chance has a chance. Yes, yeah. And that he's going to make such a difference in someone's life. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Because I was just thinking, you know, that the peace of mind that must give the man who, whose dog he is, but also sort of his parents and family to know that Chance is there. It's Chance is there to take care of him. Yeah. 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 And, you know, if, if it had, I've got to say that um, I just think that there's somebody had a hand yeah. in every step of the way because there's just so many coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. That happened, um, mm. and there he is. That's oh. Chance of Success story. Yeah, as you <laughs> say, everything everything meshed together, and it was just right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was perfect. Everything worked perfectly. And had somebody not reported the owner, um, he might still be tied to a fence. Yeah, yeah. But what an incredible... You know, I, 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 dogs amaze me because they... You know, they have that... I mean, that's an, that's an awful start in life. But it is. He, he's, and he's, you know, they're willing to give people another chance, and they can succeed in ways that you couldn't even imagine. It's incredible. Isn't that, isn't that funny that you say that? I hadn't actually thought about him giving us another chance. Yeah, yeah. That, and I always think that when dogs are so mistreated, you know, or abused or he just was treated still willing to trust. Yeah. But he, he, they will give us another chance. They'll think, well, that, you know, I mean, obviously they don't put it in those words, but, you know, I, I, from my point of view, it's sort of like, well, that person might have treated me like that, but I'll see what this person's like. And that just, that just amazes me that they don't kind of go, no, as a species, you are rotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of them might. Yeah, yeah. Some of them might carry more baggage than, mm. um, than he did, but he was willing to take a chance on us, I suppose, just like we were willing to take a chance on him. Yeah. And um, it just worked out beautifully. And so Sharon asked me uh, to keep my eye uh, open to see if I found another dog. And, of course, I called the shelter right away, and my friend Nellie at the shelter said, well, you just have to come see this 
crazy yellow lab. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, that afternoon I went to go see him and my husband said, well, if you like him, bring him home. And so uh, that's what we did. And so you saw him. His name is Cooler. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure yet whether he's going to get into that program or not. He's... uh, He's a fabulous dog. He really is. Yeah, because I, I was watching the video of you. You said he needs a job. And there's <laughs> a lovely video. What job did you give him? <laughs> well, you know, he's gotten so good at his job. Actually, the, that's what my husband said. Any dog who can go around the house picking up the bowls, the empty bowls from the dog food uh, for dinner, <laughs> he's, uh, he's worth his weight in gold. <laughs> And he's so he's so enthusiastic about it. Yes, and he's to, he's even he's gotten even better. He's worked on his technique, and he goes out and he'll pick up every single single bowl and he'll bring it and he'll put it right in my hand. I'm working on getting him to put them in the dishwasher. Now that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really great. You know, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past you to get him to twist the knobs on the front of the dishwasher as well. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one thing, though. He does make sure that they're they're pre-washed before he puts them in. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That was such a sweet video of you giving them, take them to dad, and off he went. But now now he's obviously progressed since then. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's ha- oh, he's fabulous. We don't even have to leave the kitchen. Mm. Um, he just goes out through the doggy door and picks up any balls anywhere he finds them. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. I just I haven't decided yet whether he's the right dog though for the peanut detection. He's not toy driven the way Chance was. Mm. Um, he's more he's more food driven. Uh, that doesn't mean we couldn't turn it into a toy uh, drive. Mm. Yeah. But he's also extremely people oriented. He likes other dogs and he's great with other dogs, but he wants to be with the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, him, you know, with that right there, I think he would be a good dog for, um, you know, maybe even a, in a service dog type capacity somewhere yeah. or another that he, he's so willing to pick up anything. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think some labs don't realize they are dogs, actually. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> because my, my Labrador, I'm sure, doesn't realize he's a dog. Because if another dog gets on the sofa with him, he sort of sits up. And he looks at you like, oh, I've got dog hair on me now. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, the look on his face is like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> I'm sure but you know, know Julie, I don't think Labradors ever truly grow up. <laughs> no. You know, I think they're always puppy. They're a perpetual puppy. And golden retrievers, for the most part, are always puppies. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and they're just so... You know, this is the thing that so many don't, people don't understand, that dogs have emotions mo- very similar to our own. Mm-hmm. Very similar. And so <laughs> I don't think, especially if they've been um, oh, well cared for, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that they do act that way, you know, And mm. uh, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. No, no, but they all have their own character, don't they? And they all, you know, you can you can shape it a little bit, but it's it's them. Oh, they absolutely have their own character, and that's why. One of the dogs that I've liked um, looking at is who's in the videos on your site is Cracky. Oh, Cracky! Yes, <laughs> I'm not sure Cracky is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but he's uh, so sweet, isn't he? Cracky is, oh gosh, he's my soulmate, I guess you would say. He'll do anything for me. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yes. And he's just so easy to train, and he was so... Um, He's just so willing. He just loves to do everything. He's, he loves tricks. He loves to do uh, just anything I ask him to do. And um, he, But he is very food-motivated. Yeah. Um, he, he's affection-motivated. And uh, he kind of spoiled me because he was <laughs> so easy to train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dogs just seem to pick it up, don't they? Yes, and there again, I think it's... Um, it's that relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's that relationship. And what I love about Cracky, and, and I've seen this with other dogs as well, when we're working on something, I like especially like the video that you've probably seen of him backing up around me. Yes. Have you yeah. seen that? Yes, I have going in a circle, yeah. Yeah, he goes in a circle. We worked on that a couple of times, and I was thought. Well, the reason I'm working, I worked on that was because I'm fascinated by canine freestyle dance. Me too, me too. And I wanted that particular move, and I worked on it, and I almost gave up. Mm. I thought, I think he's just not getting it. And I thought, I'm going to try this again. A, you know, a couple of days went by, and I said, I'll try this again. And do you know, Julie, he just jumped over there, and he just did it all by himself, and I thought... You've been practicing without me because um, they're so wonderful in that I think sometimes they they go back, you know, maybe we think they're just sleeping, but I think that they're contemplating and they're thinking, now just what is it that crazy woman wants me to do? <laughs> now let me see. She gave me a treat when I did X and then yeah. she gave me a treat when I did Y. I got it. And when they have time to think about it, yeah. they come back and they just surprise you. And they're just, oh, he's just a, he's, and you know what his real name is, Krakatoa, Dog of Destruction. <laughs> because oh, he like was destroying my house. Mm. He was, um, he was a throwaway dog. Yeah. And he became, and I often wonder how he got into the predicament, who threw him away. Mm. Um, but... I can't say I'm glad, you know, I love him, mm. and um, I'm, I'm not glad they threw him away, but no. I'm sure glad that he ended up with me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, I'm, I'm, if people, I mean, it's well worth going to your site and having a look, because there's information, there's the videos and that. So where can people find out more about you online? Well, my website is uh, com. Excellent. And that gives you information about uh, what I do as far as training, what methods I use, which is positive reinforcement. And the other things that I might do, like pet sitting, dog walking. I even do pet taxi. And yesterday I, I did a pet taxi, picked up the dog at the veterinary office and, and took him to his home, made sure he was comfy at home. Wow. I didn't even know that was a service on offer. Yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, many people work, and, and yeah. the vet uh, is finished with whatever. he, he ha- I won't tell you what, what uh, his uh, treatment mm. was yesterday, but no, no. He, it, was, it required anesthetizing, mm. and 
So he had to be there almost the entire day. And I picked him up around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon mm. and made, took him home and made sure he was comfy at home. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I do, you know, I couldn't have a better job. Isn't Chance's story wonderful? I love a happy ending. And I love knowing that even right now, Judy is still helping dogs find their new home or purpose in life. What a lovely lady. And you can find out more about her at her website or on Facebook. And it's well worth visiting her website to see some of the videos of her rescue dogs and dogs in training. If you know of a doggy happy ending, I'd love to help you share it with the Dogcast Radio audience. The first dog show in the US was in Detroit, Michigan in 1857. The world's first dog show took place in Great Britain in 1859. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. Over the years, I have often thought of having a border collie, and I've always pushed the thought away, worried that I would not cope with such a high-energy, high-drive dog. It was border collie expert Barbara Sykes's words that made me think again. She says, It matters little who the owner is or what their lifestyle is. What matters is the amount of love and understanding they are prepared to give. I still considered and wrestled with my conscience, and we discussed the implications of a border collie as a family. In the end, I asked an experienced dog owner and trainer where she had got her border collie from, and contacted the breeder. The breeder's priority was temperament, and she mainly bred to work her dogs. We went to visit her farm, and fell in love with the dog we met there, because of the gentle spirit that shone through his luminous blue and brown eyes. Rusty was six months old, and he was the last of his litter. Why no one else had snapped him up, I don't know, but their loss is our gain. Now, in the lead-up to getting Rusty, I had read everything I could find about Border Collies, and I was amazed that so much of the time, Collies are talked about as almost a different species from other dogs, let alone a different breed. Why? I wondered. <laughs> I was about to learn. I was used to a very easy-going Labrador and a fairly laid-back Bichon Frise. Rusty was a huge difference. The first thing I learned was that food held little interest for him. Gradually, as he settled in and relaxed, he has become more food-motivated. But in those early days, as he strove to explore and come to terms with the new environment he found himself in, his dish got no more than a brief glance before he was off on some task or other. My second lesson was for Rusty, bedding is for shredding. I put a very nice dog bed in his crate that both Buddy and Star have slept on in their time. But by the morning, the bed was ruined. It was inside out, the stuffing strewn around, and the cover in pieces. The next night, I put just a towel in his crate, and overnight, he turned it into shredded strips. We provided Rusty with a variety of toys to entertain him, but the most fun he had was biting the tassels that run, or rather ran, around the bottom of our couches and armchairs. There are now gaps in the tassels, and no uniformity of length. But hey, at least our furniture is now truly unique. Rusty had mainly lived in a barn, and he found our double-glazed outer door a problem. On the way out, when I opened the door, he shied away and wouldn't go through until I held the thin plastic strips designed to deter insects out of his way. 
On the way back in, several times he launched himself at the door, only to find that an invisible force barred his way. And he had learned a lesson. Glass may be invisible, but it's definitely there. Rusty's second lesson was that small white dogs that growl can be less frightening than big black ones that roll on their backs like puppies. Star set out her terms and taught Rusty she was to be respected, and he could understand that. Buddy welcomed him as a new playmate, and the clash of Labrador and Border Collie mindsets was interesting but worrying to see. It has taken two months for Buddy and Rusty to begin to live easily together. They have had to gradually learn each other's boundaries, and it is still an ongoing process. There had been many cats on the farm, and Rusty was immediately very interested in our three cats. They, however, were not as interested in him. Just like Star, our cats drew their lines in the sand and taught Rusty that jumping on them resulted in a swipe of claws. He soon gathered that not only are cats fully armed, but they are not afraid to use their weapons. The other amusing and incorrect lesson he learned was that cats appear in the corner of our lounge magically. Of course, what was actually happening was that a cat would enter the room, see Rusty, and dart behind the furniture. But in Rusty's mind, a cat appeared and within seconds would be in the corner of the room, visible in the slight gap between the two couches. It got to the stage that as soon as a cat sauntered into the lounge, Rusty would dash and jam his head between the couches, secure in the knowledge that a cat would be turning up in a second or two. However, once Rusty was reliably in that position, the cats had no need to run for cover, leaving him to ponder on what was going on while they chose a lap to snooze on. I've written about the fact that dogs are obligingly horizontal, while cats are more vertical, being able to scale bookcases, curtains, virtually anything. But in this case, Rusty was a revelation to both us and the cats, because it turns out that border collies can get pretty much anywhere a cat can. Thus, Rusty has leaped up onto the window sills and trotted along the backs of the couches and had at least three paws on the kitchen surfaces. So if I'd known all this, would I still have added Rusty to our pack? To be absolutely honest, the answer is yes. At least 80% of the time, that is. I've already learned so many invaluable lessons from Rusty. I believe every dog takes you on a different journey. And with a Border Collie, it's definitely a white knuckle ride. Male dogs and humans are the only species to have a prostate. But unlike humans, dogs have no appendix. Joe Ingalls provides veterinary advice on many television programs in the UK, and as well as having developed his own dog food, Joe has now brought out a website designed to help people who want to set up a fun dog show. If you're not sure what a fun dog show is, that was the first question I put to Joe. Well, a fun dog show, I think, is probably quite a British institution, but um, these are sort of dog shows held at um, village fates or school fairs, and they're very... Um, small-scale activities where members of the village or the town come together with all their dogs of all shapes and sizes and enter them into um, categories such as the dog with the waggiest tail or the uh, the dog that the judge would most like to take home or the most beautiful bitch and all, all these kind of fun categories. And it's just a really good fun day out for people with their dogs 
um, nothing too serious and just, um, you know, it's a celebration of, of all that's good about dogs, really. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, the, the emphasis on, on the fun. Um, but, I mean, why are they good for people and dogs to attend? Well, I think they're good because for, for lots of reasons. One is I think dogs really enjoy them. You know, it's something different for them. It's, uh, you know, it's different than being sat at home or just going on their normal walk. They get to get out, meet other dogs, lots of interesting things to sniff and smell. Um, and it's good for the owners because it's a fun, fun day out in the sunshine, meeting other dog owners. And they're normally part of a bigger event such as a fete um, or a fair or a bigger show so there's normally a lot going on there so it's a fun day out but i think you know it also just reminds people about their dogs because sometimes we take our dogs for granted and you know they just sort of sit at the end of the sofa and you know we take them out for a walk and doing something like this is a bit of a a way to to say well actually you know my my dog's a really valued member of my family and let's celebrate him let's enter him into this competition and see if he can win an award for the, the dog with the waggiest tail or something and i think it's you know, it's just a, it's a positive thing to do for, for you and your, your dog. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the key things, as you say, is it's not limited to pedigree dogs. You know, you, there are these fun categories that any dog can, can achieve success and you can go home feeling happy with, can't you? You can, yeah. I mean, it's really not about pedigree dogs. And in a way, whenever I've judged one of these, you slightly tend to frown on, you know, you occasionally get sort of professional dog um, people in who, who you know, exhibit at the big championship dog shows and they bring their prize poodling or whatever and um and you know parties well that's not really what this is about and um then they tend to get very miffed because they don't win because they don't take it very seriously so no it's very much an emphasis on the fun it's um, an emphasis on any kind of dog you know whatever shape or size whatever breed mongrel or 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 a a purebred dog you know any dog can enter and, and you know most dogs end up going away with a rosette of some description yeah excellent okay so what do people need to put a fun dog show on well, that was what we really were looking at when we set up runafundogshow.co.uk. Um, we were aware that there was a lot of people running these shows, but the quality of the information um, about what you need to run a fun dog show and, and also the resources there for people just didn't really exist. So people, it was all very ad hoc and, you know, people uh, put them together on their own with varying degrees of success. So we decided um, to, to set up this website to offer people um, you know, just a, a free online resource where they can go on and they can um, set up all the different categories. They can download um, entry forms. They can download uh, the, the um, stickers that people need to, to put on there uh, on, to, to indicate their, their entry numbers and judging sheets and everything people might need. And we've even gone as far as to offer some free prizes, so some um, money off vouchers for my vet's kitchen food. Um, so it's a, it's a cracking resource for people. It's all free of charge. People can put their dog show up on the calendar there and let people know about it. And we've had loads of people do that. So it's obviously proving popular with people. Yeah, excellent. That's brilliant. So you've given as much help as you can. Yeah, and then it's just down to people to think, oh, yeah, let's, let's run a fun dog show. You know, we don't have to worry about, um, you know, all, all the technical issues. It's all there. All the questions are answered, things like insurance and, you know, what categories to have and how to organise it, posters to put up. Everything's covered there. So just go along to runafundogshow.co.uk, download all the resources, all free of charge, and you can get your, your dog show up and running straight away, really. So hopefully we'll encourage more people to do that um, and spread this wonderful British institution um, and perhaps spread it around the world. Perhaps, you know, people, you know, in America or Australia or wherever will be listening to it and think, yeah, yes, we'll, we'll run a fun dog show. And, you know, the website is open to all, all parts, all corners of the world. <laughs> Excellent. And do you and Jack enjoy um, fun dog shows? Well, well, I do more than Jack, to be honest. He's, not the, he's a rescue dog, and he's not the most sociable with other dogs. So I tend to leave him at home, to be honest, and then I go along and judge these things 
Because um, also, I mean, if I brought him along, then I'd be under a lot of emotional pressure with his, his big um, his big brown eyes looking up at me <laughs> to award him first prize. Obviously, I think he should get first prize in all the categories, but um, that's not really fair on the other dogs. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the night, one, well, my favourite um, category in a fun dog show is best trick, and mainly. Oh buddy. yeah, that's yeah. great. I do enjoy that. So <laughs> yeah. you, Especially when there's children, you know, if you've got children with dogs and, you know, they've, they've got this little to give you a paw or a roll over, that's great fun. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing is it's encouraging people to, as you say, not just have the dog sat there at the end of the sofa, to actually do something with the dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, you know, really get involved with the dog and, um, you know, see the dog as a companion and someone to share time with rather than just, um, you know, someone who, say, sits in the corner of the living room waiting to go out for his walk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've got the uh, the name of the the website. It's runafundogshow.co.uk. Are you on Facebook and Twitter, Joe, as well? We are up and running on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you're going to ask me now what the um, <laughs> the bit, but I think if you search Run a Fun Dog Show on online on Twitter and Facebook, you'll you'll find us. Okay. Excellent. And um, and do you want people to sort of feedback if they do put a, a fun dog show on, inspired by you? Do you want them to feedback to you? Well, it automatic, the system automatically lets us know when people put it up there and then we enter it on the calendar. So anyone who enters, a, enters their dog show will we'll automatically know about it and um, we'll put it up on the calendar for them. Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. Pleasure. If you're on Facebook, you can find Joe by searching on Vets Kitchen and on Twitter, you can follow both Vets Kitchen and Fun Dog Show and Joe himself is on there as Joe the Vet. If you run or attend a fun dog show, don't forget to send us some photos. A dog's whiskers are found on the muzzle, above the eyes and below the jaws and are so sensitive that they can actually sense tiny changes in airflow. A review of Mad About the Dog by Belinda Harley. When Belinda Harley goes on holiday to the Greek island of Paxos, she encounters and falls in love with a dog called Goofy. Goofy is just as keen on Belinda as she is on him and he makes it clear that he wants to remain with her. Goofy already has owners, but frankly, that is the least of the obstacles that lie between him, Belinda, and Happy Ever After. Having spent a few happy weeks together, Goofy returns to his owners, while Belinda sadly returns to London. But when she hears that Goofy is about to be dumped on the mainland, she makes a decision that will lead her on a long, difficult, frustrating path. She will adopt Goofy. It is a testament to the strength the human canine bond can attain that Belinda persists through all the difficulties and finally she brings Goofy to the UK. Goofy takes his relocation in his stride and settles down happily to life in London, extending Belinda's social circles and enriching her life no end. When their story is featured in a newspaper, the pair find themselves invited onto television programmes too. Goofy's interactions with his own doggy friends are recounted as well. As most dog owners do, I love to hear other dog owners' experiences. Perhaps it is reassuring to know that I am not the only one who loves her dog to bits, not the only one who interprets his actions and imagines his thoughts and revels in time spent with her dog. Belinda Harley gave me all that reassurance and more. She and Goofy shared more than ten years together and she captures and conveys the character of her feisty little dog with humour and emotion. As with all dogs, Goofy's time comes to an end all too soon. And Belinda tells this honestly and movingly. If you have lost a dog you loved, you will identify with Belinda's words, and I think they will bring you comfort too. 
I thoroughly enjoyed the life and love story of this stray dog who found happiness with a woman who met him by chance and had the courage to act on her emotions rather than take the easier but emptier course. There are links on the Dogcast Radio site where you can find out more about Mad About the Dog by Belinda Harley. And until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D O G C A S T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. By phone from the UK, you can contact us on 0121-288-0922. From the US, you can contact us on our American number, which is 315-849-2022. From any other country, you'll need your international exit code and then 441 2880922. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on Julie at DogcastRadio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. Why did the man take his dog to the railway station? Because he wanted to train him.